0: Hey, everyone. So happy to have you back on the podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the stages of change and the social cognitive theory. It's really important for you as a student to understand these frameworks. And you learn about these through the program so that it helps you understand behavior change with our patients so that you can tailor your messaging on how to increase your patient's knowledge or understanding about the topic around their oral health in order to elicit change, right? That whole motivation for themselves to change a behavior really comes from sparking knowledge and developing an understanding about your patient. And you'll discover the approach that you need to take with your patient and using these models and theories when you're doing the assessment as part of your appointment sequence. It's really important for you to know your audience, right? Understand your patient at a level that creates a connection and really develops understanding so that you can lead with compassion but also develop a relationship with your patient that creates the knowledge and understanding that they need to have and moves them along the process of care so that each and every time you see them, even if they're just a little bit better, they're still making progress in the right direction. So I know I talked in an earlier episode about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this specific episode covers the stages of change model and the social cognitive theory or social learning theory. So if that's something that you need to have a better understanding about, then this episode is for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome. So glad to have you. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! Let's take a look at the stages of change, or the trans-theoretical model. Now think of the stages of change as like a big circle, and patients can enter and exit at any time and place in this circle. The information can be added at any time in this circle to keep the patient on track in order for change to occur. There's all kinds of places where they can enter, and when they exit, they may exit at a different stage and then pick back up and re-enter into the cycle or change of behavior right where they left off, or they may relapse and have to start over. So an example of the stage of change model. You start by increasing their awareness of a problem or issue, right? Maybe the patient has gingivitis. You want to initiate a behavior change by providing information to your patient, giving them proper toothbrushing techniques, brushing long enough, and perhaps using a rinse. You want to have them make progress to make this change and stay motivated. This continues the preventive action. The patient returns to the office and you check their progress. Health messages and programs need to match an individual or population. And the current stage of readiness to change is important for you to know when you're putting your messaging together. People are limited in the amount of information that they can acquire, use, and remember. Small steps are key to successful change. People combine small bits of information in order to summarize in their own mind the decisions and the choices that they make. So this is important when you're going through the stages of change. So someone enters the stage of change trans-theoretical model at the pre-contemplation stage. They go to contemplation, determination, they put an action plan together, and they can either relapse at any point on this circle or go into maintenance. And we see the stage of change trans theoretical model work really well with our smoking population when we are trying to walk them through the process and support their efforts to quit smoking and then maintain a non smoking lifestyle. So the stages of change model works really well when you're trying to change that type of behavior. Let's do an example of a patient who is sitting in your chair and you ask the question on the medical history about smoking. Do you smoke? And the patient responds, yes. If you ask your patient, do you plan on quitting in the next six months? And they say, no that means they are in the pre-contemplation stage. They have not contemplated the idea of quitting. If they say yes, they plan on quitting in the next six months, this person is in the contemplation stage. They've contemplated the idea of going through the process of quitting. If they say yes, if you ask them, do you plan on quitting in the next 30 days? that person is in the preparation stage. They are preparing themselves to go through the process of change. So these are the different stages of change. Now, if you ask the patient, do you smoke or did you smoke and they say yes, but they stopped using in the past six months, this person would be considered to be in the action stage of change. If this person has told you on the medical history that they have not smoked for at least six months to a year, that person would be considered to be in the maintenance stage of the stages of change. And if that patient tells you that they haven't smoked for at least a year or more, then that person is a true maintainer. They haven't relapsed. Now remember, anyone can relapse at any time during the stages of change model. So if they're in the action stage, meaning they just quit a few months ago, they can relapse. If they're in the maintenance stage, they can relapse. Even if they're in the preparation stage, they could relapse. Each patient can stay in any one of these stages indefinitely. The stage we want them to stay in Is the maintenance stage where they never take up smoking again. And smoking is just one example of the stages of change model. You could use this for any different situation that your patient is doing or needs to make a behavior change. We increase their knowledge and understanding of the reason to continue or pursue the action, and we support their efforts. And we do this with a a variety of different things in the chair when our patient talks to us about different things on their medical history. So this is how the stages of change model really helps you through the process of figuring out where your patient is at as far as where they are on that circle of the stages of change model so that you can target what type of knowledge or what type of information or the amount of sharing that you want to provide your patient in order to elicit support for them to move to the next stage of change within the model. Let's talk about one more theory that you need to know. It's called social cognitive theory, which is an interpersonal theory, also known as self-efficacy theory. It's the belief that one's own personal actions will have an impact on a desired outcome. I think, I do, I get the benefit people learn through their own experiences. They observe the actions of others, and they learn through the results of the actions that they take themselves. Now it's important for the dental hygienist to know that behavior change is accomplished through the interaction of lots of personal factors like environmental influences, individual behaviors, but also social pressures. And that's the most powerful factor in influencing social norms. Example, vaping is safer than smoking. So you have environment, you have the behaviors, and you have the knowledge or understanding. So let me give you some suggestions on use and application of all the theories. Apply the health promotion and communication theories to oral health programs, as well as in an individual patient setting. Assess the patient's learning style. What are their preferences? And how do they understand and obtain information? Provide them with the information in a way that they need it. Give it to them in the way that they understand. Tailor the information in a culturally and linguistically appropriate manner based on your assessment data. Evaluate the impact of the activities. Is it working? Is your approach successful? Dental hygienists need to provide health information in a credible, appropriate, efficient, and effective manner. Now, the most important thing I want you to get out of this entire episode is that there's no one theory that's better than another. And really, understanding and learning these theories is really just designed to give you a framework that you can cater to each specific individual situation. It's beautiful to have these frameworks as guides to go by. Because as you communicate with patients or as you're working in the public health sector with program planning, you will figure out that these frameworks really help you when you're trying to help move a person or a population down a path to change your behavior. How do you motivate someone? The key is to use a combination of multiple theories. That seems to be the best approach in order to improve health outcomes. So no one theory is better than another, but there's some components of some theories that work in some situations, and they kind of work really nice when you pair them up on a specific topic with specific patients when you're looking for a desired outcome. Keeping in mind Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where is your patient coming from? What are their pressing issues? Obviously, your patient has to meet those bottom triangle layers first. Before they can think about something like whitening, they're going to need to have food, clothing and shelter. Before they desire to change the behavior of, you wouldn't talk to them about doing preventive sealants on their teeth if they have a raging infection and they've showed up to the office in pain. You want to keep all of these things in mind as you're walking a patient down the road to the path of health. and. Obviously, sometimes there's other things and other priorities that take precedence. The theories and models are, meant to, are designed to help provide you with a framework in which you can cater and adjust to the specific needs of each patient that you come across. I would invite you to send me any questions that you need answered. Questions come up when you listen to this podcast. I have a link in the show notes, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Also, I would appreciate a review if you have time to leave one. Thank you so much.